So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, sports biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Run Pain Free Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. I am a sports biomechanics, athletic injury, correction, and conditioning expert. And I really mean that. I actually am an expert with over 80,000 hours in injury correction alone. And we are talking today about something that's going to help you. First and foremost, we are sponsored by RunPainFreeNow.com. If you want to prevent common running injuries, if you're in pain, if you've got anything going on like that, 2021 is the year you get rid of all of these nagging injuries. So get a consult with me, schedule it, go over right now to RunPainFreeNow.com, fill out our contact us form. Let's get right into it. Today we are talking about the top three moves that if your run coach is telling you to do, you need to question. And you know I have tons of moves, but I'm really narrowing this down to three. In the Run Pain-Free Academy, of course, runpainfreeacademy.com, I have a whole slew of stuff you shouldn't be doing <laughs> that uh, you can go over there and check that out. But on here, on this podcast, we are going to specifically talk about calf raises. So people are like, well, why wouldn't you do a calf raise as a runner? Here's why. When you are standing straight up and you do a calf raise, which is a heel raise, basically, all your weight is going to go into your calf to raise your calf up. Uh, it's not raise your calf up, but use your calf to raise your body rather. So calf raises, basically, that's what that is. So this is counterproductive to a long distance runner because you need calf extension more than anything because what your calf does as a long distance runner is it has to stretch and push off at the same rhythmic time one another. So as one leg is pushing off, the other leg is fully extending to come through your full foot. So that thing has to be rhythmically happening well. When one calf or one foot or one leg is not in rhythm with the other leg, injuries occur. So you really need to train and condition the calf extension, which is also Achilles extension, which is also heel extension, which is ankle flexion. So you need to train the extension of that and you need to train more so the ankle, the ankle flexion of that. So you can push off into firing your calf, which is what your foot is doing in plantar position where your foot is pointing, your calf fires, right? So push off is plantar. Okay, so a lot of you are gonna be like plantar fasciitis, right? This is how you guys kind of get it. So when you are stepping off, when you're coming off the ball of your foot, in the ball of your foot, you're in a calf raise. You're in a calf raise, but you're only coming to that position from full extension of your calf first. A muscle will only fully fire from being fully extended first. It has to be fully stretched, full range of motion to get the full range of motion on the contracting of it. So when you want to really engage your muscles and build your muscles, you need to have full range. So if you're only going into a calf raise and you're conditioning calf raises, you're never fully extending the range of your calf and, and your Achilles, which is also 
your hamstring. Your hamstring is comes into your Achilles tendon. tendon. Tendon attaches muscle to bone. So your hamstrings come into the Achilles tendon, create the Achilles tendon, become the Achilles tendon to attach at your heel. So anything with your Achilles, guys, is your hamstring. So you need to extend the back of your knee, extend the back of your leg, create extension and build it in extension as a long distance runner. So when you're doing a calf raise, you're firing your calf. Yes, you do push off and you do use calf, flexion 100% as a long distance runner, but it is only from fully extended calves. If you train to do calf raises, you're not training the extension unless you go beyond that range of motion. So like dropping your heel off of a stair, for instance, and getting all the way down to go all the way up. But here's the problem with that level of a calf extension. See, I know what you guys are thinking before you're saying it, so I don't need you to say it to me for me to catch it on here. <laughs> and I know you're like, well, I can just do a calf extension on a stair, drop my heel below the stair, and I can do a calf raise, and I'm doing what she says. No, you're not. Because you're not repeating or mimicking the action in the run. So when you're in a run, you're actually pushing off. So unless you are in a position where you are flex, um, completely extending your heel, extending your calf, and then pushing off into a driving motion of sorts where you're ballistically coming off of the leg. That is what's mimicking. That's how we're getting into sports specific type of stuff. So there's a lot of moves that I start to do with you off the bat that is going to nurture push off. Okay. So this is why, and it would never be a calf raise. When your glutes are in line with your body, you're putting all of your weight of your body into your calf. That's really not how you're running, believe it or not. It's not happening that way. You're on one leg, not two, okay? So you need, that's first, that's first, which a lot of people do calf raises together. So now you're bilaterally doing things that are not what you're doing on the run. And as a long distance runner, you have to train strength as a long distance runner. It's athlete and sport specific, guys. So calf raises don't rock out with a long distance runner. They just don't, they just don't. I personally, when I'm dealing with my track and field people, I actually still don't do it that way. I don't, you'll never catch me doing a, ca a static calf raise for a long, for a short distance, for a hurdler, for track and field. That would never happen. I would never do that. I still don't do the, the same old what everybody else does, even with my track and field people. I still wouldn't do it. So, but we're talking about long distance, so let's talk about long distance. So the reason why doing a static calf raise just up and down up and down it doesn't not only go along with the sport and the biomechanics of the sport the dynamics of the sport the physiology of the sport and how the body is using it but it's also building the muscle in a dysfunctional manner which won't be able to sustain endurance okay which is even more of a point so again long distance running is anything over one mile so you have to be able to endure over one mile without breaking down which is why so many runners break down. They do a lot of these moves that have no endurance behind it, or they're not training the endurance behind it, or they're not mimicking the dynamic behind it, and, 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 the list goes on. And so you guys wind up broken on the run. That's why. There's reasons why this is happening. It ain't the run. The run didn't do it. It's because you didn't train right for it. Not your fault. There's a lot of people online selling you bad ideas, but this is why. This is why the Run Pain Free Podcast is here to make you run better and longer and without breaking. So when we're talking about calf raises, they are off the table, they are static, they are not sport specific to long distance running and they can actually hurt you instead of help you. Well now we talked about what the calf raise does, you know, dynamically as a movement, but how does it hurt you? So again, you're building the muscle, 
statically in mo in in a in meaning you're not moving with it it's in down and up down and up you're not running in it it's not in motion of the sport you're not in dynamic of the sport so at no point on a long distance run are you ever going to just be pumping your calves like that's actually never happening so when you are on the run and you've now built a muscle to just go down and up down and up for 15 times reps maybe two three sets of 15 reps your body after doing that a couple of times after a couple of minutes is going to start to get a calf cramp but because you're in constant motion you're on the leg off the leg on the leg off the leg it actually goes a little longer and the cramp becomes like maybe it becomes something or maybe it kind of hangs out for a little bit maybe it becomes a full-blown cramp maybe 20 minutes in maybe 30 minutes in then you just you run through it so now you're now you're adjusting your foot so whether or not you feel that you are you are you're adjusting your foot so now your footing starts to change up when you can't change up your footing you're changing up your hip and that's a bigger problem so when you don't have full calf extension you also don't have hip extension if you're not able to fully extend your calf you're not able to fully extend your ankle which is push off if you can't extend and flex your ankle you can't flex and extend your hip so this is that's why it's a much bigger issue for a long distance runner long distance runners are running for hours they're running for time short distance people track and field people excuse me track and field people are running for seconds minutes at most no one's running for hours in track and field okay so you cannot match the exact same workouts that you do to a long distance runner to track and field and vice versa because it will not help that runner it will actually have a totally adverse effect on their bodies because the dynamic is different the physiology is different and that's why it's a problem so calf raises are off the table got it perfect now let's go to this other one that really annoys the hell out of me when i am in central park here in new york city or at carl Schurz park in new york city on the east side whichever park i'm at Whenever there's a crew of people that just randomly show up because they're about to take, you know, take to the road, about to go on a group run, there's always a client with me that says, don't turn around. And I know what they're doing when they're telling me not to turn around. They're doing the leg swings. They're doing the leg swings. And here's what bothers me about leg swings. When I ask somebody why they're doing it, they actually can't give me an answer. Their answer is, I'm a runner. That's not an answer. Not an answer. It's not an answer. And coming up under me as a trainer, or me coming up as a trainer, if I answered a question like that, I'd have been pulled from the floor, wouldn't be allowed to train that day. <laughs> it's not an answer, okay? That's not an answer. So, leg swings, lateral leg swings. Why are they a problem? Here's why. Everybody is restricted. Everybody has an IT band and fascia that is extremely tense and extremely restricted. When you are that restricted, it dictates the joint, and then the joint is what's telling the muscle to fire so it can support the joint activity, the joint action, okay? Have the joint endure and embrace and absorb impact with the muscle function around it and all that good stuff happen. All this stuff happens at amazing rates. It's amazing how the body operates. When you are now taking that restricted body, specifically the leg, where your hip is, and you're flaring your leg right to left, lateral, lateral, right to left, Specifically, now you're holding on to something. You're holding on to something in front of you, a pole, a fence, a person. You're holding on to something, a tree, and the leg is flaring back and forth. Basically, what you're doing is you are sh you're forcing with momentum, 
emotion with that has restriction at the joint. When the joint is restricted and you're forcing movement with momentum, you strain muscle insertions. You strain ligaments. You strain ligaments. When I see somebody do that, I, I look at the body and I, I actually see the muscle insertions and the ligaments becoming spaghetti. That's what, maybe it's because I'm Sicilian, everything is about macaroni for me, but that's what I see. I see spaghetti ligaments and spaghetti muscle insertions when I see that. And if you look at the leg and you watch how the, the foot kind of bounces around and it flares when you go out, if you're doing it on your right leg and you flare your right leg out to the side, if you watch it in slow motion, your, your foot kind of bounce, turns out all the way and then you whip it down and bring it down with your inner thigh and then throw it up to the other side and it pigeon toes. And you're doing this over and over and over again with force, with force on a restricted body that you more than likely didn't foam roll. If you foam rolled, you definitely didn't foam roll it wrong because that's just the commonality of that, unless you're a run pain free runner. So I have to give you that. And now you are thinking that is warming up your hips when in actuality, it's actually setting them up for a strain at the insertion level. So holding on to something and doing this is even worse because you're now locking up your your core which should be twisting with your hips it should it's natural for your upper body to twist with your hips especially as a long distance runner as a human being that is normal movement and again long distance running is basic human function with velocity at extreme that's all it is so when you're doing stuff like this and you're locking up your core locking up your upper body and then whipping your leg back and forth and back the weight of your leg the quad muscles are the largest muscle group in the body and so that's what you are literally throwing back and forth. it's like a turkey leg back and forth and back and forth I don't know where the idea came from. This, this is a move to do it all. It is the dumbest move I have seen next to butt kicks. It's the dumbest move I have seen. It actually does absolutely nothing. It does nothing other than generate blood flow because you're literally moving. Outside of that, which is basic for a human body, it's not doing anything for you. But if it's doing anything at all, it's helping you strain all of these muscle insertions in and around your hip and your sacrum and your pelvis, which is every major muscle you would never want to injure as a runner, okay? So this is why that's a problem. When you are thinking, well, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a dynamic stretch. No, it's not. You can't stretch something that's restricted. And unless you foam roll, it's restricted. I don't care if you don't want to foam roll. I don't care if you don't like to foam roll. It doesn't change that foam rolling is what you need. So you can sit there and be stubborn all of you want and say, I don't want to foam roll. I don't like foam rolling. It hurts. That's fine. It doesn't change that your body still needs to be foam rolled in order to stretch, period. You actually have a better chance at not hurting yourself with not foam rolling and not stretching. If you don't foam roll and you stretch, you have a higher chance of hurting yourself. That's how, that's how important it is. That's how ridiculous stretching becomes when you don't have the release of tension in the, in the mobility of the joints via tissue. The tissue has to be foam rolled out so you have the ability to address range of motion. You will never get to your range of motion if you have a restricted tissue around those muscles and joints. It's never going to happen, ever. So I don't care what you want to say, I don't care what you want to do, it's never going to happen, okay? So that is, is what it is. Now, do with it what you want, but that doesn't change the facts. Sorry, science doesn't work that way. Sorry, that doesn't work that way. So 
If you don't want to foam roll and you want to continue doing these things, you will be setting yourself up for groin strain, which is really a psoas strain, hamstring strains, both the inside and outside. So you have several hamstrings, two that make you scissor, the semi-membinosis and semi-tendinosis. Those are the two inner thigh muscles that whether you scissor or not, which are it's more superficial in the inner thigh and underneath the inner thigh all the way in is where your psoas connects to your femur and then you have the big bicep femoris which is the big hamstring that comes down the outside of the back of your leg and that's it also grazes where the IT band is so you have the you have this thick big hamstring that is grazing where the, the, the IT band rather grazes as the top of the front of the IT band is grazing that outside quad muscle and so it's everything that you're throwing your leg to do, this IT band is getting more and more tense. It's pulling and it's tugging and it's pulling and it's tugging because it's saying, hey dude, you did not ever release me and your hip is not able to do this level of stuff. So I'm going to get more and more restricted to protect you because you were an idiot and you didn't foam roll. So I can't trust you to support your joint and your joint is restricted now because I can't trust you. So I'm gonna lock up on your hip and the more that you do this, the more I'm gonna be restricted. And so when you go try to run, I'm not gonna let your hip move. Have a good run, buddy. That's how that works. But yet in your mind, you guys are all very much sidetracked by blood flow. Blood flow creates mobility and no pain. So when you're moving, you feel better. This is why a lot of you guys will be out there running in an injury and feel better on the run, but feel like crap after. It's because blood flow actually gets rid of pain. So the more blood flow you're generating, the less pain you're feeling. But as soon as you're done with generating that blood flow and you go back to normal homeostasis and you go back to balanced uh, blood flow, all that pain comes back, if not worse, because you just ran an, an injury. That's why. But that is not to be confused with the fact that you're actually setting yourself up more for an injury than not. The lateral leg swings gotta go, okay? They don't make any sense. They are not even sport specific. Please explain to me at what point is a long distance runner running laterally? I'll wait. I want you to think, that's why I'm pausing. I'm actually pausing on my own podcast because I want you to think for a second. I want you to tell me when a long distance runner is running laterally. Even when you guys are running past people and zigzagging, you're running forward. Even though you're going to the side a little bit, you're running forward. At no point are you moving right to left. At no point. When you take a turn, you're taking a turn in a forward motion off to the left a forward motion off to the right. You're never going lateral like a basketball player, like a soccer player, like a football player. You're never doing that. That's never happening. It's never happening. So at no point should this be going on. Not to mention it's just stupid, but it's not even anywhere near sport specific for a long distance runner. Again, it doesn't coincide with the physiology, the dynamics or the biomechanics of a long distance runner. If you want to stretch your hips, start with foam rolling. Then you'll get range to actually stretch your hips. But forcing it by throwing around your leg like a turkey leg, because it has weight of the biggest, group muscle, big, biggest muscle group in the body, which is the quad muscles, and that weight of that muscle group on your leg is what's allowing you to throw it down and pick it up, and throw it down and pick it up. And then 
that's why you need to be foam rolling that whole thing so that it can actually release that big group around there and all that weight on your poor little hip joint and your sacrum and your pelvis. Jesus Christ, like relax with this throwing and flaring of legs. On top of that, when you hold on to something, now if you, now here I'm gonna go. How many of you runners out there would ever run on a treadmill and hold on? I will give the majority of runners though never to do that. Why? Because it will guarantee you a torn something, a torn hip labrum, a strained hamstring, a, a strained glute, a strained oblique, a strained groin, which is really your psoas. It will do that. A lot of runners, I will give you guys, a lot of runners know never to hold on on the treadmill. They know better. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You're holding on and you're forcefully throwing your leg right and left, right and left. Where your body should be twisting with it, you're holding on and restricting the twist. That is again the fastest way to cause a, a labrum issue in the hip, a iliac crest issue. Where you all put your, when I say put your hands on your hips, if you put your hands on your hips right now, you just put your hands on your pelvis. That's where you put your hands. But you all think that's your hips. Your hips are below your glutes on the outside of your hips. On, I'm sorry, on the outside of your thighs, below your glute. That's where your actual hip joint is. It's in your leg. Where you put your hands on thinking it's your hips, it's your iliac crest, it's your pelvis. It's not your hips. So again, you guys don't even realize when you're like, oh no, but I feel it here. I feel it in my hips. And you're telling me that you feel this flaring leg movement in your hips and you touch your pelvis. <laughs> you're actually telling me you feel your psoas which is the deepest muscle in the body, which no runner should be messing with because it's, like I said, it's the soul to the runner's body. I have a whole podcast on it. Go listen to it. It's a real big issue with runners. It's a big issue with my triathletes, big issue with my Ironman, big issue. So this is a big culprit to why you would even get sciatica, why you would get piriformis syndrome, why you would get tingling in your foot. Most women get the tingling in their foot. That's the peroneal nerve. They come out of the same spot as the sciatic nerve. All of this is because you up there messing around with flaring legs with no business doing it because you never foam rolled. And this is just not a good movement to do. It's just not a good movement to do. It's just not. You're twisting your hip outward and then forcing it forward with the weight of your quad on you, hanging on the front of your leg that's probably in dysfunction anyway, pushing your hip joint that doesn't have that range of motion with weight on it, your own body weight in your quads, and restricted IT band and tissue. And you wanna know why you feel back pain or hip pain or have any kind of problems in your groins and hamstrings when you're done doing that. And you do it before you run every single time. That's why. Take it off the table, it's not good, doesn't make any sense. And down to number one, the biggest one that I talk about, butt kicks. I'm pulled away. Like when, when people see the flaring of legs happening behind me, they say, Jess, don't turn around. Just don't turn around. I know it's the flaring leg. But if someone physically comes over and puts their hand on me and like walks me to a different area so that there's no chance I can turn around, I know it's butt kicks. It happens all the time. You guys think I'm exaggerating? I'm actually not exaggerating. Any run pain-free runner will tell you this actually happens all the time. This is not exaggeration. This is exactly what happens. Why? Because I'm overwhelmed with the need to save people. <laughs> so the minute I see foolishness, I literally lose my mind. I literally lose my mind. And God help a run pain-free runner or a run pain-free friend or an honorary client, because I have tons of those guys who come to all of our events or know us very well. God help them if, they, if I see them in these groups doing this crazy stuff. 
because I'm immediately going to call their name. I'm going to yell it out loud. I'm going to say, you better not be doing that. You better step outside and wait. You better do X, Y, Z instead of that right now. I've done it many times. I have no problems doing it. And if you haven't listened to my podcast by now, you probably know that I'm like that. If not, go get acquainted with me. That's how I am. So I, I, I understand that there's a lot of miseducation out there and it is not anybody's fault, but I am here to help. So if anybody wants to get a better education and be that leader and be that helper and be that, that, that type of coach that actually continues their education and gets educated on what's right and, and, and what they should be doing with sports specific, I'm here for it all day long. It's not to hurt anybody's feelings, it's to get everybody in the right mindset and the right guidance to actually help runners run for life without any issues. The amount of miseducation out there to do something like freaking butt kicks boils my blood. Here's why. Please explain to me who is running a long distance race, which is again, anything over one mile, that is butt kicking. Please explain to me who's doing it. When you think you are butt kicking on a marathon, on a half marathon, on a 10K, 15K, 8K, or a 5K, I want a video of it. I want to see you. I, I, I want to see you butt kicking the whole time, the whole time. Now that I just said that you're in your head like, yeah, I don't do that. Like no one does that. No, nobody does that. It is not sports specific. Here's why. You know how you pump up a bike tire? You get the little thing and you take the, the hand, the, the bar and you press down on it and you hook it up and you press down on it and you pump and pump and pump and pump and pump your, your bike tire. By the time you get to the end where the tire is full, it gets harder and harder to pump, right? Right. That's what a butt kit does to your hamstring. Pumps it. It's pumping it. It's no different than a bodybuilder doing very short bicep curls to literally pump their pump of their bicep curl to get a more round effect. Again, science, when you fully extend a muscle, that is when it when and only it fully contracts. If you are a bodybuilder, it is a sport that is not functional. It is a sport and they get judged on aesthetics, how their body looks and is built out aesthetically. So they want the biggest pump and the biggest build. So they would then pump a bicep. <laughs> they pump a tricep. They pump their chest. They pump their quads. That's what they do. They want the biggest pump. That's what they do. So they do very short range of motions to get that pump, right? And it's varying degrees. Okay. I'm, I'm speaking super lame. And it's just to give you an idea. It is the same thing as pumping your hamstring when a runner. And again, this is track and field. This is high track and field sport specific. I personally would not do this with my track and field people. However, I do respect that that is a track and field movement that the majority of track and field people do do. Okay. Which is why when your run coach is trained, they're trained in track and field track and field does not translate to long distance running. And so when a track and field coach takes things like flaring legs and butt kicks and put it on a long distance runner, the long distance runner gets hamstring strains, calf strains, Achilles strains, Achilles severs. You get plantar fasciitis, you get Achilles tendonitis, shin splints, posterior shin splints because of this. Here's why. When you are butt kicking, you are pumping your hamstring. The job of a hamstring in a human and therefore a long distance runner is to assess extension, not hyperextend 
your, your knee, not hyperextend your knee, and pull your leg back before that happens so we can grab the road and pull off the back and push off. That is the job of the hamstring, to assess extension and pull back. When you have pumped your hamstring preceding the long distance run, you are now unable to extend your hamstring because you've pumped the hell out of it. It is a bike tire in the back of your leg. You have pumped the hell out of it. It can't extend. Your knee can't extend. Your calf can't extend. Your Achilles can't extend because your hamstring can't extend. And when you do this repetitively, your IT band is like, oh, you don't want to extend at all. Let me make sure that I don't ever let your knee to fully extend or hinge fully. And therefore your hip will also not extend or hinge fully. And I'll make sure that that adjusts to make sure that your hamstring stays pumped. So now you've conditioned the behavior and every single time you run, you might get knee twinges, knee pain, feel like there's a rubber band in your knee because your IT band is disallowing your leg from extending, which is dysfunctional for a runner. And the body knows that. The biomechanics of a run needs to extend the knee. And the body can't do that now because you've built muscle and trained muscle and conditioned muscle to not do that. And then the tension of the IT band thinks it's following along because it's what you told it to do. And it's not functional for that specific movement and that creates pain. When you are in pain on a run, it is your body saying, what you want me to do and what you train me to do are two different things, so we're gonna give you pain because this don't make any sense. It's confused, literally. Pain is the body confused. And it's like, you need to figure this out because this is not what you told me to do. I know what to do for this. And I can't do that because you didn't train me to do that. And so I don't know what to do, so then it screams at you. That is what that is. That's what that is. So now you're doing this and you're gonna run through the pain because that's what you do. Runners think they should run through pain for whatever reason that is. And so this is what happens. It's 2.2 pounds of pressure per step when you're running. So you're conditioning this behavior the entire time you're running and you're building muscle the entire time you're running and you're building conditioned muscle for a dysfunctional movement. That's what you're doing because you decided to butt kick. At no point are you butt kicking. Now, when a runner is butt kicking because they're running on their toes, that would be a sprint. That is for seconds at best. And they have a high tailwind of a back kick, not an open back leg. They have a tight back leg, so they're more in a butt kicking fashion for seconds, maybe minutes. But even then, if they're running for more than seconds, they're gonna open up at some point and close it and open up and close it. So when we're talking about butt kicks, we're talking like Usain Bolt. Okay, we're talking about seconds, 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 okay? And that's how long it takes for your body to stay on the toes in the sprinting fashion. Any time over that, that's, that physiology has to change because the body can't sustain that, it can't. It has to open up, it has to use more of a system, it has to use more of your biomechanics, it has to use more of the unit. And in order to do that, it has to open up. Well, guess what? You trained it not to do that. So it doesn't know how to do that. So now you're going to hit your toe on one foot and you're going to mid and full foot on the other foot and you are going to limp run. So you're gonna gallop and limp run because you refuse to not do a butt kick and you conditioned hamstrings to never extend. So now your knee doesn't extend, you have knee pain, you have hamstring tightness, which is what you think you have, hamstring tightness, you have hamstring strains up underneath your glutes and you have hip pain 
that you may or may not feel ever so often, but the knee pain is worse. You definitely got shin splints, you definitely have a rock hard calf, you definitely got foot pain and arch pain, definitely. All that is because you chose to butt kick. This is why butt kicks need to get the hell out of your regimen. They don't belong in a runner's regimen, in a long distance runner's regimen, they don't belong in it. And if you're anything over uh, seconds of sprinting, a minute of sprinting, anything over that, I would argue that as well. But I'll leave it alone, track and field is track and field. And when I talk track and field, I would bring that up. It is more viable, it is more res it is, is a respected movement for that, it is a dynamic movement for that, 100%. I just don't do the norm ever. So I wouldn't do it there for, for reasons I just explained. So that's why. Now, here's why this is even more of an example. Usain Bolt killed his hamstring in his last, the, you know, the, the race that he, he retired from, he hurt his hamstring, he was done, 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 done. Up to that point, Usain Bolt openly said he had never run more than one mile, had never run more than a mile. Had never ran a mile, actually. Let me get that right, Jessica. He had never ran a mile. Guess what he does now? He runs miles. <laughs> he runs miles. So, if a, you think the fastest man in the world, right, at one point, the fastest man in the world, do you think if there was any way that he could get back running to sprinting and competing again that he wouldn't do it? You damn skippy, he's gonna do it again. So if he can run long distance and he cannot go back to doing what he used to do, that tells you how different this sport is biomechanically, physically, and muscular development wise. You have to look at that. It is not made the same. It is a totally different sport. The only thing these two sports have the same thing of is the word run in their title. That's it. Runner, running. It's it. It's all they have. It's the same thing. They are totally different sports. They are not the same sport as all. At all, at all, at all, at all, at all. They're just not. So butt kicks have no place on a long distance runner. You are hyper pumping your hamstring and then saying go out and extend. And the hamstring can't do that because the pump disallows that. You need to assess extension. So you have to train the hamstring in extension. No, that doesn't mean go do stiff leg deadlifts because that's also another problem that is dysfunctional. Don't do that. So don't listen to this and think you got it all sized up. If anything, what I want this podcast to do is be like, oh snap. I don't know what I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing, but I'm probably doing a lot of stuff that I shouldn't be doing. That's what I want this podcast to do. Don't start going over there and thinking you've got it all figured out and you're going to know what to do, what not to do. Reach out, ask a question, runpainfreenow.com, go do it. But just be clear, if you're doing butt kicks, that is hyper-focusing a pump on your hamstring when you need to assess extension on the hamstring on a long distance runner. If the hamstring is pumped up, it's not gonna extend in front of you and it will force you to shorten your run, run gait rather, it'll shorten your footing, you'll run more underneath yourself, you will run yourself out, you will overrun, it's what I call because you're running underneath yourself, so you're overrunning like a gerbil, you're probably toe striking because that's what that enforces, but it's impossible to stay toe striking the entire race. It is, believe it or not. I did a YouTube voiceover for the London Marathon at the end of it when Katata came up full foot function and dusted Vincent. Vincent was limping, doing the infamous limp run that I talk about, and you could tell his hip was gone. You could tell he was in hip pain because the way he was running. And Katata came up full foot function like a gazelle and ate that up and took the win because he was efficient, his whole body was working, his whole body was, was in motion, and he used everything in his body as a long distance runner should. The majority, you will go, you, I encourage you to go and look at ending, finishing, 
marathons. Go look at them. They're open. They're eating the road. You can see the bottoms of their soles. If the camera is dead on, you can see the full sole of the runner. That means they're using their full foot. So as much as people think that they are sprinting at the end of a marathon, they're not doing that. They're not doing it. I've, I've, I've asked elites who really believe that they were actually doing that. And I'm like, well, go ahead go test it for me and bring it back. Cause I love, I love real stuff. I love real tests. I love it. And they all came back to me and were like, actually, when I was closing in to get into that, I thought I, where I would normally, where I thought I was sprinting, I had to almost fully come to a stop to change my body physiology to get into that sprinting position. So they themselves were shocked that they actually weren't sprinting, they were just running faster. Right, totally different. You can run faster and kick it up at the end of a marathon, but you're opening up your legs at the end of a marathon. Now, whether you're limp running or not, you're still opening up your legs. What you're not doing is honing in, leaning forward and butt kicking your way to the end of the finish line. It's not happening. <laughs> it's just not happening. So I encourage you to look at it. It is not sports specific. It is quite opposite and it is detrimental in my professional opinion for runners, long distance runners to do butt kicks. It creates a must, it encourages the hamstring to build in a way that is dysfunctional, not only dynamically, but as, as a, human and, and long distance running is human. It's a human, it's basic human form with extreme velocity. So it's, it hurts them in basic, you know, overall. And again, when a runner gets hurt, the runner is not only hurt at running, it's hurt in life. That's because it's basic human function. Not the same for football, not the same for basketball, not the same for that. They can do other things and just not play ball, but a long distance runner can't do anything, can't go to work, can't do this, can't do that. So there's reasons why you guys really have to learn how to sports specific train. And I'm sorry, but run coaches are not sports specific trained in long distance running. They are trained in track and field. And I would even lean, I would, I, I, I'm, hard to, I'm hard to say that because I know what it takes to be sports specific as a trainer and being a personal trainer isn't required for run coaches. So I encourage run coaches just to become personal trainers and actually go work in a gym and actually learn bi biomechanics and learn bodies and learn different body types and how bodies move and all that stuff. I, I would encourage that. I actually think it should be a prereq to be a run coach. I don't think anybody could just go online and become a run coach for these reasons, but that's what I'm here for, to help people out and, and separate it out. Again, it's nothing against anybody who wants to do that. I just say, please do it more and I encourage you to do more, learn more, understand more and understand that there's a respect level to somebody who's gone through the years of training to become sports specific. There's a real reason why athletic trainer ATs have to go through certain education to be on the field like with, with um, top athletes. There's a real reason. Uh, CSCS people, they, we need to, we, there's levels of education that you have to have to do that. So there's reasons for that. So this is why, and this is also why 80% of runners are injured because there's just a ton of miseducation out there. So number three, calf raises, kick them out the door. No more for you. Number two, these lateral leg swings, these flaring legs, stop it, please holding on and everything. Just stop it. And then number one, your butt kicks. They don't belong on you. Your hamstrings are already in dysfunction because your glutes aren't working and the IT band is holding it there. And you just take that cocktail and add to it butt kicks. You're enforcing it all and you're building muscle in a way that does not benefit you, benefit you as a long distance runner. And that is all I have to say today. So I didn't mention something, but I'm going to mention it. There is a 
a, a gear company that I really like, come to like them the last few months, yourunwithit.com, tons of gear stuff on there, reflectors and everything like that. Anything with running safely, we're about here at Run Pain Free, so go check that out. And again, if anybody on here is wanting to prevent injuries, wanting to get their bodies assessed, figure out what's going on, run better in 2021, run for long term, run for life, all those things, go on over to runpainfreenow.com and get your consult. Our consults are complimentary because it's important we get to know you, what's going on with your body, make sure you're on the right path and figure that out. So go over there right now and click on the contact us form, send it in, and I will hear from you soon, but you'll hear from me on the next podcast. Have a good one, guys. You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast, brought to you by the Run Pain-Free Academy. Featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Subscribe to us as you leave a positive review on iTunes.